Hi, Tony Hines here, and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. Great to be here. Well, this is a special update on the G7 conference taking place in Niigata, Japan. And for those of you that might not know, the G7 is a group of seven nations of the world leading economies, and they have regular meetings about policy and cooperation. The G7 comprises Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the United Kingdom and the United States. The EU and the European Commission are also involved as non-enumerated members. The G7 countries are the world's largest IMF advanced economies and liberal democracies. And they meet from time to time to discuss international issues such as security, climate change and of course trade. Russia was suspended from this group in 2014 for its invasion of Crimea. The IMF, by the way, is the International Monetary Fund. The G7 finance leaders are putting together a new supply chain proposal in a statement in Niigata, Japan. A new supply chain partnership is set to be included in the statement from the G7. Now, you'll have heard me talk on the Chain Reaction podcast for some time about rare earth metals and China dependency when it comes to supply. And you can go back and still listen to that episode. You might find it quite useful to listen to either before or after listening to this episode on the G7. The finance leaders from the world's rich economies met at the G7 conference and they're proposing a new supply chain partnership. And they want to include that in the statement that they're going to make. They've said it's open to other nations but they would need to have minimum standards on human rights and environmental policies to join this partnership. A statement which is being drawn together for the Group of Seven meeting that's currently taking place talks about diversifying supply chains and the planned planned partnership is to start by the year end. The contents of this initiative, this new partnership, focuses on renewable energy resources and it's likely to focus on China's dominant position in some rare earth metals. And policymakers from around the globe have talked about diversification. They want to make sure that they are not reliant on a single source. So making supply chains more resilient and strengthening partnerships between other countries is rising to the top of the agenda. And obviously things like the energy crisis and the war in Ukraine have focused more attention on these issues in recent months. And they want to do it at the G7 rather than the G20 because the G20 includes China and Russia. And the G7 are the leading economies, the top seven economies outside of China and Russia. So there's a geopolitical element to this particular partnership. And the European Union Economic Commissioner Paolo Gentiloni did warn that decoupling from China presents a risk for global trade. So rather than decoupling, it's about reorganizing arrangements. He makes it quite clear that he doesn't want to close any trade with China, but he wants to make supply chains more secure, and particularly in some strategic sectors, which he specifically mentioned, like rare minerals. He talked about the European Union and other nations, perhaps, building their own capacity in some of the key sectors, and particularly with the green economy and sustainability in mind, that will be important. And we're thinking here about things like clean energy and probably gigabyte capacity for batteries 
for the new electric vehicles that will transform the way transportation becomes cleaner. Japan also invited officials from emerging economies, including Brazil and Indonesia, to this gathering of the G7. So that was by invitation only. And that's to have participation from some other key economies. India too was invited, as was South Korea and Singapore. The Treasury Secretary in the United States, Janet Yellen, said she intends to crack down on Russia's ability to skirt sanctions imposed by the US and allies after its invasion of Ukraine. And she hopes to discuss this with her G7 counterpart in a new set of possible restrictions on outbound investment to China. So behind all this, there is a backdrop, of course. There's been a trade spat going on with China between the US and China for some time. And they've stopped the exporting of microchip technology to China and restricted other items. So there is there is a history to this. And you can listen to some of the history in the discussions on the podcast, on earlier episodes of the podcast. So the question is, as we all know, the big question is, will this partnership do anything to make supply chains more resilient? Whilst it, on the surface it appears to be a good initiative to have cooperation and to diversify, to reduce risk, the question is, what will China do, what will Russia do, and what will other economies do in response to the partnership? Will they want to join or will they side with China? The Group of Seven Partnership Arrangement is called the Partnership for Resilient and Inclusive Supply Chain Enhancement. And it's got an acronym, of course, RISE. Mm. All fits, doesn't it? And it was announced at the meeting between the G7 finance ministers, the heads of International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, the OECD, the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development, and the Financial Stability Board. And it's all about strengthening G7 member collaboration to develop supply chain resilience and what they see or perceive as an urgent need to address the existing vulnerabilities, and in particular in the highly concentrated supply chains of clean energy components. So that's the rare earth metals I was talking about, and also some of the components that go into other clean energies, such as car battery technology or vehicle battery technology. This follows a meeting back in April when the G7 countries warned that the concentration of essential clean energy technology was a cause for concern and that diversifying these supply chains would support efforts to address global climate change and it presented opportunities to create value in the economies of the G7. There are, of course, many challenges facing global supply chains and they'll be discussed as part of this diversification initiative too. We've had Russia's invasion of Ukraine. We've had all the pressures with regards to disruptions that followed on to energy supplies, to some food supplies, particularly grain, and to some of the metal supplies. And of course, nothing really goes untouched once there's disruption in the supply chain and things happen to be interconnected and knock on. So uh, so there's quite a lot of things that uh, have become uncertain as a consequence of the geopolitical environment during the past few years, since COVID-19 and, of course, since the European war in Ukraine. don't think anybody expected a war in Europe to happen in this century, and particularly after COVID. 
but it did. It's now about safeguarding the energy security and not being reliant on single countries. There was too much reliance by Europe on Russia and the Nord Stream gas pipelines. And there's too much reliance from the West, generally, on China. And whilst many of the global supply chains work efficiently, or certainly did prior to the pandemic, it's perhaps now time to consider making supply chains less dependent on any single country and building capacity elsewhere, as we discussed earlier. Bloomberg reported that China is home to 75% of global battery cell manufacturing capacity. So that shows you how powerful the, uh, or how dominant the uh, Chinese battery industry is. And it's increasing investment in lithium-ion battery capacity, so it's likely to remain a strong player. And if you look at the new plants being built in Europe, they've all, or nearly all, come with technologies and businesses from China, or connected to China. Reliance on any single country presents a risk, and that's why it's good to diversify when it comes to managing supply chains, just like a business would. A business would diversify and source from many different suppliers to reduce risk. And so that's what this proposal is all about. It's about reducing risk and dependency. The European Union will probably never go back to it being dependent on Russian gas. It will find new energy sources and it may take some time, but in the medium to long term, they will become less dependent on any single source of energy supply. The International Energy Agency, the IEA, has said that China dominates every single solar PV supply chain segment. PV stands for photovoltaic. So without diversification of this solar supply chain, with greater investment in local manufacturing, global energy security and the route to net zero is under threat. So supply-side reforms are needed also to increase labour supply and enhance productivity. And there was also talk about the crucial role of women and underrepresented groups for the long-term success of G7 economies. Germany said it wanted to reduce its dependency on China by having partnerships with emerging and low-income countries. While the G7 leading economies are likely to agree on the partnership deal to strengthen their own supply chains, they are not in the same ballpark when it comes to how far they should go in countering China's dominance. And China, of course, is the world's second largest economy, and it's not a G7 member. That's because the G7, the Group of Seven, was set up as a group of liberal democracies, although Russia did manage to gain membership in 1998. While Germany is aware that China's a strategic rival, it's cautious of being seen as forging a G7 front against Beijing, because it has lots of trade with the country. And Japan, too, is sceptical about the idea of investment controls, because this could impact global trade and, of course, its own economy. And Japan's economy is doing particularly well at present. So you can see that the interests of individual countries, whilst they might sign up to the broad notion of reducing risk through diversification, they won't come out and be as strongly vocal as perhaps the United States would be. The G7, of course, can't really afford further damage to the fragile economies 
And there are concerns about the United States not being able to settle the differences with China as quickly as they'd hoped for. The US, of course, has its own problems right now with a potential default, and that could tip the US economy into recession, and it could also tip other countries into recession. That would not be good for global trade, and it certainly won't be good for the United States or anybody trading with that country. So there are question marks about the global financial system at present that need to be resolved. And of course, I mentioned in recent podcasts that both China and Russia would like to see less dependency on the US dollar. So they would rather like it if uh, the United States were to not meet its obligations by paying its debt. The United States has until June the 1st, after which it could then become very difficult to meet those obligations if there's no movement. And the Republican Party, particularly the Magna Group of that Republican Party in the US, are the ones holding back the authority to increase the public debt ceiling. President Joe Biden, of course, will leave Japan early to go back to try and resolve that particular issue. Well, that's it for this special edition on the G7 and the supply chain partnership that they would like to promote to reduce dependency on China and, of course, to reduce risk. And, of course, it remains to be seen how this will all play out. And no doubt we'll return to it at some future date, probably in the news round every Saturday. And if you haven't listened to this week's news round yet, then do go and take a listen to that and catch up on all things happening in global supply chains this week. But I felt it was important to do this special edition on this particular topic that could have far-reaching implications for supply chains everywhere. I'm Tony Hines, I'm signing off, and I'll see you next time in the Chain Reaction Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. The Chain Reaction Podcast is written, presented and produced by Tony Hines. Hi, I'm Tony Hines. I'm here to tell you about the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. I've been researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains. Now we have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon. All things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now.